Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com. This is your host, as always, Brandon Allen, coach, speaker, and strategist with New Work Revolution Coaching and Consulting. So welcome to the show. If this is your first time, a special welcome to you and for all of my listeners who listen every week and comment and uh, share the show. Thank you for coming back and listening again. So I want to talk a little bit about a fun topic. The topic is ignorance. And the reason why this is coming up is I had some friends who have been lamenting the abundance of ignorance that exists in today's society. Why are people so ignorant? And how could people think the way they do? And and they're just up in arms about ignorance. Now, I know this is a leadership podcast, and I promise at some level, I'm going to tie this back into leadership. But I'm going to warn you, it might get maybe a little bit political. It maybe get a little bit philosophical. But that's what I want to talk about today. And I don't necessarily disagree with friends who say, you know, gosh, why is there so much ignorance today? Why, you know, why is all this stuff going on? But I also wonder, should we be surprised by the amount of ignorance that exists in our society today? In my opinion, this has been building for quite some time. Ignorance has been on the speed train, coming down the track, available to anyone who wants it, and lots of people are jumping on the train. Let me give you an example. College is a fantastic example of how we've built ignorance and how we've started to create ignorance in, in how we've done college. So my, you know, if, if you've paid attention to the election at all, Bernie Sanders was a person who was running. And one thing that Bernie Sanders wanted to do was make college tuition free. Now, look, when you think about that, hey, okay, great. Free college, okay, that's great. Now, as Neil Cavuto had said, hey, um, who's going to pay for it? You know, who's going to pay for free college? What does that look like? Now, we lament the fact that people have these burdensome student loan debt. And I'm not here to say that student loan debt isn't burdensome. I'm not saying that it's not hard on people. I'm not going to say that at all. But I will say this, and this is something that I've argued about college tuition for quite some time. Where are people advising and giving good advice to people who want to spend six figures on an undergraduate degree to get a job that pays them $25,000 to $30,000 a year? Who's advising these kids to do that? It's completely ignorant. There's nothing that makes sense with that. And we worry, we wonder what's broken about college, but we ignore the simple economics and principle of return on investment. So if you're going to make this investment in yourself and you're going to make this a productive liability, it should lead to something that gives you some kind of a financial promise in the future. And the problem is, is a lot of kids get a six-figure undergraduate degree that want to do things that look are noble things. Teachers are great. Social workers are great. But the problem is, is that those jobs don't pay very good. So you're borrowing all this money for what? It it doesn't make any sense. And I'll tell you what, people ask me all the time, Brandon, why did you go to the Harvard of Southern Utah, Southern Utah University? And I'll tell you this, 
I went there primarily because it was cheap. It was cheap. Small school, in-state school, cheap tuition. I graduated, no student loan debt. None. It was affordable. It made sense. I did it. Now, I had offers to go to other schools that were way more prestigious, way more expensive, but I'm glad at that time I realized, let me play the movie forward, do I really want to borrow the kind of money that I'm going to have to borrow to go to some of these schools? What does that look like for the future? Do I want to start in that kind of debt? At 18 years old, I decided, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make that choice. I'm not going to make that decision. People around me gave me some good advice to do that. But today, where are the school counselors? Where are the parents telling kids, hey, listen, it doesn't make sense to borrow $100,000 to get a job that's going to pay you $25,000 a year. Doesn't make sense. Let's maybe not do that. Let's play the movie forward. Let's run the economics. Let's talk about what the payment, the repayment on that loan is going to be and maybe decide that we shouldn't do that. But we're not doing that. Ignorance. It's just plain ignorance. It's not thinking that through. And then we are vi- then we act like victims. We're like, can you believe this shit happened to me? And I think, well, yeah, of course I can believe it happened to you because you're stupid. You shouldn't have done it. It's the same thing when I talk about a business owner who doesn't look at their financials on a regular basis. And then they say, Brandon, can you believe someone stole from me for five years? And I say, yeah, I can believe that because you're stupid. You're doing something that doesn't make sense. Pay attention to what you're doing. Actually invest your time into reviewing those financials and looking at them. So look, I'm picking on college, I'm picking on financials, but it's not just that. Jobs that are built today in corporate America in a lot of different industries are built to do mindless work. We're taught to how to execute a job, but not how to think and solve problems. That's how work has been set up traditionally for uh, since the, the advent of the Industrial Revolution. And unfortunately... How we learn to do those jobs is how we're schooled growing up. So we're schooled to follow directions and take orders. It's, and, and, when we, and, and when those things lack actual thought, when they lack actual understanding, all we are is creating a society of ignorance because now people don't have important things under their belt. So for instance, when you go to college, when was the last time you were taught how to Think about what you're great at and really dive into what you do at a high level as a person, really diving into who you are, your makeup, how you deliver value for other people. The reality is, is you've probably never been talked to about that in a college setting. Most people get out of college. They have no idea how they create personal value for the world. They're completely ignorant. They just want to be told what to do. What do I do next? I went through college, I was told what to do the whole time, even though the argument that my friends make for why college is important is because you're told what to, you're taught to think, which to me is a lie, you're told uh, what to think, you're told uh, what to do, so you can get a job that, where people just tell you what to do all day, and then you realize that there's no value in doing that, that that a robot or a machine can replace you, but now you're pissed, because that's the case. But we've, we've bred this ignorance over a long period of time. And then we wonder, gosh, why is there so much ignorance in the world? But we have created this ignorance. Think about investing. My favorite area where we create ignorance is we put money into an interest-bearing account. And then over time, we're taught that we'll be a millionaire. It's the miracle of compounding interest. I believe Einstein was credited as saying that, although he didn't. 
Um, and look, whoever you talk to, they'll tell you the, the miracle of compounding interest. And if you just put your money in early into a vehicle that you don't understand, that is invested in areas that you don't know about by people that are doing other things with that money that you don't know about, then, then you wonder why you don't have the certain level of competence to really invest intelligently. So forget the evidence that when we talk about uh, how these vehicles don't work, I'll tell you a couple of things. Um, if you want to educate yourself on investing in a powerful way, if you want to see for yourself that the evidence suggests, first of all, that investing your money into a qualified plan doesn't work, and the numbers that they give you are made up, if you want to know if I'm telling you the truth or not, if this is bullshit or not, if it's true, I want you to do two things. If you want to really... Uh, increase exponentially your knowledge in the investing realm. Number one, look at this. Look at the concept of actual rate of return versus average rate of return. Look at that. If you investigate that concept, you will learn how fraudulently qualified plans are marketed and why they're not nearly as good of a return on investment as people tell you that they are. Now, the other thing, also investigate and research how long it takes portfolios to recover from downswings in the market when you and why getting back to where you were is not exactly getting back to where you were. If you investigate those two things, you would never invest in a qualified plan again. You would never use a 401k. You would never use an IRA. You would abandon those vehicles of investment entirely if you understood those two concepts. Because the way that they're presented now is completely fraudulent, but most people don't want to look into that. Why? Because I don't want to think about it, so I just listen to what some other asshole tells me that all his benefit is is that he's getting a commission from you doing that, and I'm just going to allow him to do it, right? I'm in it for the long haul. Just keep your money in there. Leave it to the experts. You're no expert, so you need an expert to do that. So those are all the different ways. When we think about ignorance, college education, how we work, the really education as a whole from when we start education to when we go through college, how we invest our money, these are just some examples of how we work in ignorance. Now, what I would like to do is say, okay, what are some building blocks, in my opinion, that help us to overcome this cycle of ignorance? And there's five things that I've identified that I think are key. Now, these may not be all of those things, but these are things that I think are really important for us to be able to uh, combat the lack of actual thought that exists and be able to take the power back in our own lives and escape ignorance and work in an area of abundance versus scarcity so that we can live powerful lives. The first thing is be a Renaissance person. If you think about Benjamin Franklin, you think about th people from uh, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600 years ago, you think about all these guys, you know, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, all these great people, these great thought leaders. You know what? They were good at lots of things. They learned how shit worked. They got outside of their bubble. They were always experimenting. They were always reading. They were always learning. Get out of your bubble and learn some different things. Learn art. Learn science, learn communication, learn uh, health, learn about these things, understand these things. If you don't want to be ignorant, get out of your comfort zone and learn new things. Learn new things. 
The problem with this is that we spend, number two, we spend too much time engaging in mindless activity. My suggestion would be to spend more time in reflection and thought. What is reflection and thought? How much time do we put into margin? And look, if this is the single biggest attack on people today, it's the lack of margin to just actually sit and think about what you're doing. I mean, there's shit coming at us on our phone, people always making requests, parties to go to, things to attend, work to do, work, 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 you know, this activity, this activity, this activity, binge, you know, binge watch this thing on Netflix, whatever it is, right? We are chock full of mindless activities that are meaningless activities. They create no value for myself. They create no value for others. And we spend a lot of time in those mindless activities doing, 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 doing. We're not stopping and resting, reflecting, thinking, meditating on what we're doing, why we're doing it, and being really important. Because if we did create that margin, which is number two, then number three, we could become a philosopher. Why do you do the way things that you do? What do you think about the world? And not what does Fox News or MSNBC or Breitbart or uh, Occupy Democrats or whatever you know, thing, whatever those things are, not what they say you should think, but what do you think? What investigation have you done? What do you think? How do you want to govern your life? How do you want to work? How do you want to raise a family? How do you want to be a spouse? How do you want to be employed? How do you want to be a neighbor? All these things are important. What kinds of people do you want to work with? What kinds of people do you want to be friends with? How do you want to, how do you want to do your finances? Are you a philosopher? Do you think deeply about things around you? The more I can understand the philosophy of how I want to live, the less influence that other things outside of myself um, are that I don't want to let in. Because how often do we watch something on the news or we talk to someone and we think, oh my God, well, this person said I should live this way. So shit, should I? God, maybe I should live this way. I'm not really sure. But I want to become a philosopher because I want to have thought deeply about everything that I'm doing from religion to uh, work to how I do my family, all these things. I want to have thought deeply about that for myself to understand what that looks like. But if I'm so busy engaging in mindless activities, then I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to spend any time doing that. And quite frankly, not enough people are doing that. And that's why people are so damn ignorant today. Number four. Quit expecting authority figures to regulate regulate away your pain. It's never going to happen. It's never going to work. Your government won't save you. Your parents won't save you. Your boss won't save you. Your coworkers won't save you. No one's going to save you. Now, listen, as I say this, some of you uh, who may have a certain uh, religious philosophy may say, hey, uh, you know, Christ is my savior. God will save me. Okay, great. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people on this earth who are not going to save you. Your government is not going to regulate away pain so that it doesn't exist forever. It will never eradicate homelessness. It will never get. A, uh, it will never eradicate uh, certain feelings and thoughts that people have about other people that may be ignorant in and of itself. Right, that lack of understanding about things, so people make judgments about things that they don't understand. Right, that's always going to happen. The more power we give to these other influences, the more power I give my boss, my parents, my government, whatever, then the less power that I have. If you expect people to be saved by one of these authority figures, 
You're setting those people up to fail. I don't want my kids to think that those things are going to bail them out in life. I want them to be resourceful and think about how that's going to look for them moving forward. And I know it's not just exactly that simple, but in a lot of ways it is. And we put so much faith in institutions saving us that we forget what we can do on our own to make things happen and be resourceful. If I'm working in a producer paradigm, that's some of the things that I want to be doing to ensure that I'm creating value and that I know how to create value in this world in a lot of different ways. If I understand how to create value, I'm good. Someone once asked Henry Ford, who at the time was a millionaire back in the, uh, the 1920s, uh, what if you lost it all, which you know the equivalent of a millionaire today is a, you know, easily a billionaire. Then, and he said, look, if I lost it all, I'm not worried about that because if I did it once, I can do it again. Now, some may say that's foolish arrogance, but what Henry Ford knew and understood was that I know how to make money. I know how to create value. If I did it once, I can do it again. I'm not going to hold on so tightly to what I do have that I lose it because I start to play not to lose instead of playing to win in my life. That's understanding that my ability to create value is going to help me immeasurably in my own life. Number five, the last thing to help escape ignorance, and I alluded to it earlier when I talked about college education, is figure out how to create value and what you are good at. If you are a value creator and you can identify skills and things that you have, and not just skills, but really what is at the root of those skills? Why am I good at that? If you're good at computer programming, why are you good at it? What about your makeup makes you good at programming? If you're a good speaker, what is it about your makeup? that allows you to be good. Because if you take away your ability to code, what else are you going to do? You aren't what you do. Your value is in who you are, not what you do, not what you have. So the more you can understand that at a deep level, the more you can create value for other people. The, the, the challenge with this is, is it requires a ruthless commitment to yourself. I have to make a ruthless commitment to my own understanding, my own knowledge, my own self-improvement to continue to break down the old version of myself and rebuild a new version of myself. That's scary. It's, it takes work. It takes putting myself out there and, and failing and looking bad, but I've got to make that commitment to do that if I want to figure out truly how I create value and where my best value is. Who am I at the deepest level? Most people half-ass this process, and then they wonder why they don't get the results. Because they're not willing to put in the work to understand how they create value at a deep level and at a high level for other people. If we wonder where money comes from, money comes from value. If I create value, then dollars will follow. I don't create value after I have money, which is what some people subscribe to. They say, look, if I just had more money, I would do better work. It's the employee that says that who wants a raise. Pay me more and then I'll show up in the way that you want me to show up. But we know that that stuff doesn't work because when people get large sums of money, for whatever reason, if they're an athlete or, or uh, if they are a lottery winner, they typically lose the money. Why? Because they have wealth, but they're not a person of wealth. And that doesn't mean that they're not valuable. It just means they don't understand the principles of how that money came to be to begin with. They were blessed with an incredible skill or they were blessed with some incredible luck in the case of, of, of the lottery, and now they have this money, and they typically don't hold on to it because they're not being a person of wealth. So who are you 
What do you create value? How do you create value? What are you good at? Understand that at the deepest level and, and you can uh, transcend ignorance because you understand what you are, but also part of, I think, transcending ignorance is about really understanding who I am not. And the more I dive into this process, the more I, I get very clear and specific about who I am, which is a very small thing. And then I get clear about who I'm not, which is a whole bunch of other things that I don't want to engage in or work in because I realize it's not a value of my most productive self. If you dive into these five things, you will have a deeper understanding of yourself and the world around you, and you will transcend ignorance in this society. So again, be a renaissance person, create space for reflection and thought, become a philosopher, quit expecting authority figures to regulate away your pain, and figure out how you create value and what you are good at. If you can make a ruthless commitment to those things and engage in those things at a high level, you will be able to understand yourself and how you relate to the world, how you create value for the world better. You will transcend ignorance and you will no longer be dependent on someone else to be able to uh, make the things in your life happen that you want to have happen. You will truly be the captain of your ship. So, hey, I'm sure people have questions, thoughts, opinions about what I just said. I'm imagining that this probably didn't land well for certain people. I totally get it. Go to NewworkRevolution.com. Leave a message on the post. Um, If you enjoyed the show, please share it on social media. And if you enjoy listening to the New Work Revolution podcast, please rate the show in iTunes and uh, and do me a favor there as well. So, hey, I want to thank everyone for listening this week. Uh, We will be back next week. Maybe I'll get off the soapbox too next week. I don't know. We'll see. So again, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.